Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Pierce Kelly, Chagas Head of Dry Stock, to discuss the technologies to make your farming system sustainable and the upcoming Beef 2022 Open Day on the 5th of July in Chagas Grange. Pierce, you're very welcome. There are significant challenges in relation to overall profitability on farms at the moment and in the years ahead. There are, Catherine, yeah. I mean, everybody knows, you know, the massive rise that's there in input prices, especially what we've seen there this year on fertilizer prices, um, but then also on energy prices and fuel prices, which we're seeing, I suppose, on farms and on beef farms. is The biggest one, I suppose, really is diesel um, and the cost of diesel. You go get a fill of diesel now um, compared to even this time last year. Um, it's huge. And, uh, and then we don't really know what's coming down the road in terms of we've an idea, I suppose, of ration prices are going to be higher, um, but we still get some sort of idea to mark of how high they'll be this back end. So again, you know, fertilizer, fuel, electricity to a certain extent on some farms, um, and then more than likely significantly higher ration uh, costs uh, come this back end. So they're all, they're all after coming at us really like a steam train in the last uh, 12 months. Um, now, on the other side of the, 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 the balance, though, is beef price also has gone up um, significantly. So we're looking at beef prices now that are at least, a, you know, a, a euro a kilo or even more, maybe even you could argue one euro 50 a kilo higher than uh, what we've been used to for the last couple of years. So that's that's balancing off. Um, some of that rising input prices. So we're in a real flux situation at the moment where we don't know where the input prices are going to find, eventually level off and where the beef prices eventually going to level off. And it makes farm planning a little bit more difficult and it makes the whole um, balance and the sums on a beef farm to see you know, where is the profit that little bit more uh, difficult for the moment. But hopefully it'll eventually settle down and we can, we can see that. And from a climate change point of view, what do you see as the main challenges for beef farmers? Yeah, so I mean, that's the other side of the thing here is that input prices are huge and with cap reform coming. But then the the, the real thing that everybody's talking about um, week in, week out now, and we're going to see it from now on really, is the impact that farming is having on, 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 on climate and very in particular greenhouse gases is the one that we're really all starting to focus in on and and other gas as well I'd say ammonia and that but the greenhouse gas one is the big one and there's some some targets going to be coming out now shortly we talk about you know a reduction of 22 to 30 percent and where we're going to be given our sectoral um, target very shortly um, and then if you stand back and you look at it well what can beef farmers do um, and to, and listen they can do a lot of the things that we're asking a lot of farmers to do so around the whole say you know using protected urea low emission slurry spreading putting in some forestry from sequestration um, different things like that. They're all, they're all a given. But at the end of the day, the, the biggest impact that beef farmers have on the production of greenhouse gases is, is, that, is that they have animals and they produce methane. And methane is one of the big ones. So if I'm a beef farmer and I have beef animals uh, on my farm grazing and eating silage over the winter and that, they're, they're breeding out uh, methane uh, every day of the week and every day that they're alive they're pumping out methane and that's a that's a significant greenhouse gas um, so so the longer I have those animals um, the more methane they're, they're 
producing. So there's not an awful lot you can do about that if you're going to have the animals. But what you can do is you can have them around for a shorter period of time. So a very simple thing is that, you know, if you have animals that are slaughtered at 350 kilo carcass at two years of age versus maybe a farmer down the road that's slaughtering animals at 350 kilos at three years of age, you know, there those animals around for one year longer, they're producing methane for one year longer. So that's that's an, in, an inefficiency that's in the system. So all the different things that can go to improve the efficiency on a beef farm to remove inefficient animals, whether they be breeding animals or growing animals, that if we can remove those inefficient animals or, or inefficient systems of beef production for, uh, from beef farming, that's going to go a long way to reducing the amount of um, methane that's produced from our beef systems. So that's really what we're focusing on uh, now is how, how do we make much more efficient beef systems so that the, for the beef that we do produce, and we are going to continue producing beef, so that's a given, but for the beef that we do produce, how can we produce it a lot more efficiently and produce, uh, with a lot less um, uh, emissions coming from those beef systems? The earlier age at Slaughter Pierce is talked about as a real game changer, but for listeners in a finishing system, there are many influences on the earlier age at Slaughter. There are, Catherine, yeah. So, I mean, if you stand back and you look at it and, and you say, well, okay, age of slaughter, what, what influences it? Um, so, you know, genetics is the obvious big one that can have an effect. Um, so, you know, if you have animals there that have the genetics to grow at a faster rate, um, they have an advantage over the ones that don't have those genetics or don't have the same type of genetics. Um, so all of the work that we're doing and farmers are doing with ICBF, um, that's all hugely important because we're identifying those animals uh, that, that have, have a faster um, growth ability. And, uh, and then, you know, the whole feeding management. So even if you do have the genetics, you have to feed these animals um, at the point where, you know, they, they grow at a good rate. So good grassland management, um, good quality winter forage in the form of silage and that, um, they all have a big influence then too in terms of, you know, how fast cattle grow. And then the third one, the big one then, is, is the herd health of the animals. So, you know, if you have healthy animals, they're going to continue growing at a good rate um, versus unhealthy animals. So, you know, around the whole area of preventing pneumonia, parasite control, uh, even down to things like that we're talking about for years and years, you know, liver fluke and different things like that. I think that that affects the health of the animal. It's going to have an impact. So all of those things there, as we improve grassland management, uh, better quality silage, better breeding, better genetics, um, better animal health, they'll all, they all then have an impact on improving the, the, the growth rate of the animal. I know it's early days yet, but in relation to the commercial beef value, which was launched last year at the beef conference, what impact will that have on the sustainability of systems? Yeah, so the commercial beef value is something that we're all very excited about there last year, as you say, Catherine, that it was launched. Um, what it's what it's doing is it's identifying the animals that have the better genetics uh, for growth, especially. Um, so what it's doing is it's, it's looking at the genetics that every animal that's in the national herd um, and identifying those animals that are that are that are that, that will grow faster um, and be worth more um, at a younger age than other animals. Um, now, listen, it's early days yet for the commercial beef value. We, we're not seeing it yet in, in the March. That, that'll come in time. 
um, so that when you go to buy animals, um, you'll be able to identify them at the time of purchase to see which animals have the highest commercial beef value and then price them accordingly. Now, but people do have anybody that has had the, has the Herd Plus um, uh, account um, with ICBF can go in at the moment and look at the commercial beef value of their own stock, stock either they bred themselves or that they bought in. Once they have a sire, that commercial beef value is there for all animals, all non-breeding animals on the farm. Um, and, and you know, in time, that's going to have a big impact too because it'll help farmers identify those more efficient animals, those faster-grown animals, those more higher-value animals. Um, and, and that's how that will contribute towards improving sustainability. And you mentioned there the importance of a good herd health plan. I suppose there's many components to the area of the herd health plan from birth straight through to finish. Is there an area that listeners could focus on or technologies that are available that will have an impact? Yeah, so listen, the, the, as a, the couple there that I mentioned, the, the big one, I suppose, that if we talk to the veterinary side of the house, you know, that has the, probably one of the biggest impact on on kind of lifetime performance out of animals is is the whole pneumonia and that and uh, respiratory diseases you know that that they, they can have a huge impact in terms of the lifetime performance of an animal if an animal at a young age um gets gets pneumonia or you know any one of pneumonias in that it can okay it can it can affect them at the time and you might need antibiotics and that but it can have a long-term impact too on their performance so the whole vaccination um, area and vac- preventing um, pneumonia outbreaks and respiratory disease in the first place is hugely important. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's something that we're seeing on, on our demonstration farms, uh, either through the Future Beef or the Dairy Beef 500 farms, that where a vaccination program is put in place. There's huge benefits in terms of the lifetime performance of animals, but also from a, work, uh, from a, from a workload point of view on those farms too. I mean, that there's less less animals that are uh, being sick in that, you know. So the vaccination is, if I was to say one thing, really, um, it'd be, you know, and, and you don't have to vaccinate for everything, but you, you as herds look at, you know, there's a certain pinch points on the farm where vaccination can help. And I'd say, you know, it's a discussion uh, every beef farmer should have uh, with their vet in terms of, you know, what would be the best vaccination program for their farm. Most definitely. And the signpost program is going to have a huge influence over the coming years with relation to the challenges in the years ahead. What components are key to making the beef farming system sustainable that the signpost program will be focusing on? Yeah, so, I mean, if you stand back and look at it, Catherine, on the, on the breeding herds within the signpost program and the beef breeding herds, um, you know, the, the big one there will be a more efficient suckler cow. So, you know, if you stand back and look at the, 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 the calving interval, for argument's sake, that we currently have nationally, it's not something that has improved hugely over the last number of years. It's in around 395, 400 days uh, between when what cow calves today and when she calves again, whereas the target is 365 days. Um, and, and linked to that then is the number of calves per cow per year. You know, that's stubbornly sitting there in around 0.85 of a calf per cow per year for a long number of years. So that means, you know, you have 10 or 15% of cows that are there that are producing methane, that are, but are not producing any product on, on the ground, no calf. Um, so, you know, getting that up to the target of 0.95 or, or even one calf per cow per year would have a huge impact in terms of the the, 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 the efficiency so that, uh, we're not necessarily producing more calves in the country, but uh, producing the same number of calves with less cows would have uh, a, a huge benefit. And then, as we said earlier on, you know, the earlier slaughter age 
can have a big impact. And that's not necessarily saying that we should move all animals back to a much earlier slaughter age and feed the meal to get them there. It's 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 earlier slaughter age within the system of beef production that you're currently operating. So if someone is slaughtering cattle, say, off grass at 28, 29 months of age, maybe pull them back, back to 26, 27 months of age. Um, or if they're slaughtering cattle out of shed at 24 months, pulling that back to 22 months through uh, cattle just reaching their slaughter age that bit sooner because they've been performed or kept a good performance throughout their lifetime. Finally, Pierce, preparation is well underway at this stage for the Beef 2022 Open Day on the 5th of July in Chagas Grange. What can listeners look forward to seeing on the day? A huge amount of preparation uh, going, Catherine, into, into Beef 2022. It's um, four years since we've had our, an Open Day up in Grange. COVID uh, put a stop to it in 2020 and we had to go virtual. Um, so um, any of the people who have previously visited our open days uh, will be well familiar with, with the layout of these days is that there'll be a number of main stands at the start where there'll be a number of key messages got across around the whole area of improving sustainability, both economic and environment and socially. And and then throughout the day, then there's a number of different villages, um, as we call them, where you can see all the different technologies uh, that are there around all area of the environment, around suckler beef, around dairy calf to beef, growing cattle, finishing cattle, grassland management. Um, today, we're really focusing on uh, this time around of having a huge number of live exhibits um, and live demonstrations um, to be the opportunity to meet uh, all the beef researchers, advisors, uh, technicians, uh, education staff, but also a huge amount of other people from the beef sector across the industry, the likes of ICBF, AHI, um, UCD, all of those people who are all involved in, in the beef industry will all be there on the one day, Borbia, all, all there in the one uh, location where, where visitors can meet and chat and talk to them. And then at the end of the day, there'll be a forum um, where uh, we'll be discussing really you know, the value of beef to the to beef industry, to the economy. Uh, and the, ba- the value of beef in a healthy, uh, balanced diet um, and what uh, all the issues that uh, we've discussed there uh, on the podcast will be brought up in terms of, you know, what can we do to make beef more sustainable? So that'll be a forum uh, around three or half three to finish up the day. So it's, 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 it really is a day that if you're in beef farming, um, it's the place to be uh, in Grange on the 5th of July. And where can farmers get more information on the day? Yeah, so listen, the, the best place at this stage, Catherine, is to go on to our website, www.chagas.ie. Um, they're there to go in there. There's, there's a huge amount of information there on the event. Um, and there'll be a lot more information coming out over the coming uh, weeks in the run-up to the event um, in, 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 in a number of different media outlets. Thanks very much, Pierce. We look forward to the open day, which I'm sure will be of great interest to listeners. Thank you, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode and my thanks to Pierce for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.